Welcome to Rethink Retail, the show where we dive into the stories and strategies behind some of the most successful brands on the planet. From brick and mortar giants to e-commerce disruptors, we uncover the secrets to their success and deliver the keys to true retail transformation. So ask yourself, are you ready to rethink retail? The future of retail starts now. Welcome to another episode of the Rethink Retail Podcast, live from NRF. I'm your host, Kirat Anand. I'm thrilled today to have a seasoned global retail leader with us. Not only is he the COO of Vitamin Shop, but he's also the author of Fostering Innovation, How to Build an Amazing IT Team. And also, I'm proud to say a very good friend, Andy, thank you for joining us today. Kirat, thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. Well, first, let's start off with your book, Fostering Innovation. You gave away the IT blueprint. I'm so curious, why would you print this and put the playbook out there for the competition to see? Yeah, that's a fun question. You know, I've been coming to the NRF for a long time and collaborating with retailers, CIOs, tech people. And I believe, and I, I believe it strongly, that we're all better together. And as an industry, we can move up together and better serve customers. And so I don't think there's anything in my book that's a competitive secret. It's just about how we can all improve, or my idea is about how we can all improve together. You know, there is one secret that I remember looking at, and uh, I remember it was a dislike for four different things. Project, user, phase, and resource. So I think we're all using these four words, initiatives. What's the dislike, Andy? Yeah, if you run an agile shop, you really try to get work done in sprints and increments, and you want to have a team. When you have a high-performing team, you want them to keep working. And a project, by definition, has a start and an end. So I really like to talk about teams doing continuous delivery and continuing work. And not really about building projects, but building products for end users and doing that continuously. Yeah. Uh, uh, let me talk about all of them. Yeah. Uh, who calls their customers users? That would be drug dealers, right? So why would <laughs> IT uh, use the same term as a drug dealer? So yeah. they're people. Sometimes you can tell them your internal customers. But I really prefer our partners in the business. And you put you on an equal footing, right? Yeah. So I just think the word user is kind of a derogatory term in business, and it doesn't really show that we're in this together. So that's why I don't like that word. I don't like phase because there's an old saying that phase two never gets done. And so you really want to talk about requirements, what you're delivering. Yeah. Back to agile. If you have continuous delivery, you're building features as you go, and you keep doing that continuously. So it's not a phase where you do something and you yeah. stop and you, you kick the can on the rest of the requirements. And then the last one is resource, right? When I think of the word resource, I think of coal or oil or these kind yeah. of things. And, and assigning the word resource to people, I just it, it feels cold to me. I really just like to call people people and talk about the people you have uh, building features for your customers. So. Yeah. It sounds very personal, and, and I know you, so I know it's authentic. There was a word you used, I think it was agile. And it's agile with a small a, like you say in your book, not agile with a big A. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so when Agile became more prevalent in business as a way to deliver software, a lot of people built structure around it. And if you go back to the Agile Manifesto, it's about not emphasizing the structure, it's more about emphasizing the delivery and demonstrations. I'm a big fan of that, but at the same time, you need to adapt it to your company and your needs and your business. Being Agile is about the principles and the concepts of working hand in hand with the business partners to deliver features for customers. It's not about, I follow these 52 steps. So we talked a little about fostering for innovation. 
Now, how are we fostering innovation at, at Vitamin Shop? How are you using the playbook that you've printed here and innovating within your team? Can, can you give us some practical examples of initiatives that you've launched? Yeah, it always starts with the customer. Always, always, always. And we strongly encourage our CEO, myself, all of our leadership team, we strongly encourage all of our employees that we call health enthusiasts to get out close to the customer, to be customers themselves, to shop our website, shop in our stores, do our buy online pickup in store. <clears throat> work in the store, right? You work in supply chain, go unload the truck and see what it's like, put the product away. And working in the store, working in the warehouse, using the tools will help inspire where the gaps are and where the needs are. And so we're, we have a lot of listening of our internal customers, but mostly our external customers of their needs. And necessity drives innovation. And so solving a problem for your customer, yeah. first you have to identify what that is, or maybe it's not just a problem, it's an opportunity to do something better. Yeah. So. I, well, well, wasn't that Gandhi, necessity drives innovation? I think that-, that was, was it Gandhi? I think it yeah, was, yeah. I, know, well, yeah, I, but got, I, I, I like that. Drop I like quotes, that. I don't know who said them, but we'll go with Gandhi, I like that. That works for me. Yeah. You know, we're here at NRF, and the talk of NRF, just like at CES, and we saw Doug and something to talk about it, at generative AI, and all the different use cases that some of the stores are doing. Can we talk about what excites you as a leader within innovation in AI? And then maybe the second part of that is, where's Vitamin Shop investing in Gen AI? Yeah, so I think a lot of retailers have AI if they know it or not. You yes. know, a lot of our security tools it's built in, inventory tools, search, translations. We use Microsoft Teams and we're able to translate speech to text. So all of those things that come with the tools you have and every supplier we have, we're really excited that they're either enhancing or building EII into their models. So better forecasting, better replenishment. But what I'm really excited about with Gen AI specifically are the little things. We have a, a person on our team that's deaf and we're able to, he's able to work in real time and, and read the words on the transcription of everybody. And I just love that it helps with that. We use uh, Gen AI to translate from English to Spanish and Spanish back to English in our distribution center where we have a lot of Spanish-speaking. We're using AI to help build blogs and stories about different cultures we like to celebrate in our teams. And we did a whole article where we got some info on Diwali. And I don't know much about Diwali, but real quickly I can get that info and have yeah. a nice article on it. So these little things I think really add up to big things. Yeah. I'm using it to help me with my performance reviews this year and to have more robust information not only on giving feedback, but with steps for people to do on the opportunity. So I think the big things like a better overall replenishment will drive better inventory, low, you know, faster turns, lower cost. But the little things matter too, making everybody's job a little bit better to improve our belonging and sense of being part of the culture are the things that really excite me. Yeah, I, I loved how you talked about the adoption and you gave so many practical examples where associates at different departments are using AI to free them up. Because what we're hearing is there's a lot of fear, not free up. And I think 20% of organizations are excited about AI and that push forward. And 80% of the organization are sort of fearful maybe about their jobs or their projects. And it seems as though you're using it to free up people, make their lives easier. Yeah, look, I've been in business so long. When I started, we didn't even have email, right? We wrote memos and sent them around in these Boxes. Envelopes, Boxes, right. Yeah. And then email came, it was a tool, right? And that made us more productive. And then we moved on and we got more tools and now we have video conferencing. And so this is another technology that's gonna make all of us more productive. 
We shouldn't be afraid of tools. No one should have an AI project. They should have a, I like to call it a sell more vitamins project or better engagement project or enhanced inventory accuracy project. We don't like projects. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but it's part of life, but good call out, I appreciate that. And all those things are gonna use AI, but again, it's the tool, it's not the end game. You know, another thing that we're talking and hearing a lot about here at NRF, and we've been for quite a bit of time, is data. Data is a currency today. Retailers have so many different data access points, whether it's um, 0P, 1P, 2P, 3P. When you're in health and wellness, you also have to include the impact of IoT and wearables and personal devices that give you even more data. Can we touch about how Vitamin Shop is thinking about orchestration and creating a single source of truth of all the data for your team that they can trust? Yeah, there's an old saying, retail is detail. And we always joke about how good we are at collecting data and not really good at using it. So I'm real big, and if, if you read my book, you know I'm really big on fundamentals. And so with data, it's about starting with the fundamentals. What are we collecting? How are we collecting it? Why are we collecting it? How are we protecting it? That's a rhyme, I like that. You know, collect <laughs> and protect data. And you gotta start with those fundamentals. And then uh, it all starts with the why, right? So it's not data for data's sake, but if I wanna offer someone a more personalized experience, I can only do that by knowing their interests. And so collecting customer data that they provide, zero party's the best, they wanna tell you about their health interests, then we can in turn take that data and present to them more relevant information. We, we're big on education and expertise, so I want to learn more about pre-workout, so I want more energy in the gym, so I can learn about it, read about it, and then as part of that, I can show my interest, and then I'll start getting both info and products recommended to me. You know, the reoccurring theme I keep hearing is serving the customer. Even the data is for the customer to improve their experience. I can hear the authentic belief and mission statement of Vitamin Shop of the commitment of good health for all in your answers. So I understand the focus of the community. Has your team ever considered the social concepts of social e-commerce and maybe even thinking about group buying like a Kundudu, for example, which has been very successful in the East? We have a slogan at the Vitamin Shop, which is we want our customers to shop how, where, and when they prefer. And this could be on vitaminshop.com. This is walking into one of our retail stores and having a conversation with the health enthusiast. This is, I put my multivitamins on a subscription and it comes to me every single month because I know that it works for me. But it also is, we sell on marketplaces, on Amazon, Target, Walmart, Macy's. We wholesale to the Nexcom and to the AFES and we sell. So do we want to sell social? Sure, we have those opportunities where you could click through on, on that. But yeah, we're gonna go where our customers are. You know, way back, I think in the 60s or 70s, there was this business slogan, build a better mousetrap and they'll beat a path to your door. In other words, I got the best product, you're gonna come find me. Well, that's not true anymore, right? There's too much competition and customers are distracted. So we wanna have the best product, but not expect the customers to beat a path to our door. We're gonna be where they are and where, we're, where they wanna shop. And our very, very best customers shop multiple channels. They shop on our app, they come into the store, but if they just need something real quickly, they might just put in order. We uh, have partnerships with Instacart and DoorDash. So if I need it now, you know, I always joke we're faster than Amazon, right? You're gonna have it yeah. in two hours in your home. So all of these, so you mentioned a new one I never heard of. Great, we'll look into that too, because if that's where our customers are, we're gonna be there. So we talked a little bit about e-commerce and the different types of commerce channels and ways that you reach the customer. 
Can we talk about what you're doing with the headless commerce and composable commerce and how you're building that out? Yeah, absolutely. So both all of our customer facing apps, our point of sale and our website, vitaminshop.com, as well as our app, are migrating to composable commerce, meaning that we're breaking up these big monoliths that were considered an app, like a POS, yeah. and turning it into, my analogy is like a box of Legos. And, the, and when you talk about APIs and all these things, I'm gonna give you a very simple example. So an API will be update customer, get order, create order. So all of these APIs make sense across every single channel. And so our point of sale, our website, they're gonna use the APIs for these things. So you can't be seamless on the front end if you're not seamless on the back end. Okay. Customers will feel your, your mismatches. So we're working forward. We're about 80% done with vitaminshop.com and uh, we're just kicking off a project to completely change out our point of sale. Uh, one of the examples is we're gonna have a single promotional tool. So when we create promotions, they'll be for the web and for the store. And so that's for consistency and makes it easier to use as well because it's it's one tool instead of two. Now, it seems like a lot of the initiatives you're running revolve around customer centricity and putting the customer first and improving that sort of uh, experience. Can you talk a little bit more about how your team is prioritizing customer centricity both in an omni-channel effort in stores and online? Yeah, so we talked about tech, but it's also about process. One of the things that we're very passionate about is just inventory accuracy. So making sure that when the customer places the order to pick it up in store or ship from the store or go to the store, that that item is there. Absolutely. And we're looking at using algorithms and AI to make sure that the inventory is there. So that's a, that's really more of a, it's process, some technology, some education, making it easier. But that's something that's a little bit behind the scenes in a sense, but it's really, really important to customers. And the other thing I want to say is like things that you do that we do on the back end to make operational efficiency, those also serve the customer because as low cost as we can make our supply chain, our inventory, our back of the house, our rent, our labor, these things then help us deliver products at a better price to the consumer. So, you know, customer facing is literally that, the web, the email, the app, but everything we're doing really is, and I think you caught this right from the conversation, it's for the customer. And even if it doesn't feel like it is, it all really is for the customer. So in your recap of 2023, when you sit back and look at it, what was the, maybe one of the top accomplishments that your team sort of achieved of last year when you say, we, we, we set this goal and we met it or exceeded it? Yeah, so uh, when you talk about my team, I, you know, I have multiple teams I yes. have, but when we talk about the vitamin shop, we're just really proud that we're able to chase products that our customers are looking for. So we had a lot of trendy, whether it's a pre-workout, a protein, a creatine, things like magnesium, and to be able to have those quickly to identify those trends early yep. through signals, and then identify that and have those products and be the place for people that really want to improve their health, that's what we're most proud of. Yeah. And if we fast forward a year, where, what's that initiative that you want your team to tackle this year? Yeah, we just want every interaction to be easier for the customer, seamless, quick, frictionless. I would say when you shop, you may take an hour in the store yeah. or longer, but when you're ready to go, you're ready to go. So fast and efficient checkout, both online and in-store and have all those things working really well together. You know, We're going to be able to talk about that a year from now and say how easy it is to yeah. buy something at the vitamin shop. So you know, I usually like to end our segments with a rapid fire. So... 
my, I guess my rapid fire first question is, if you were a supplement, what vitamin would you be and what benefits would you provide? Uh, well, Kira, I think that's the most off the wall question I've ever been asked in my life, <laughs> but I'll tell you, I'm gonna go with vitamin X. Vitamin X. Let me tell you some of its attributes. Okay. Vitamin X makes you better looking. Yeah. It makes you healthier. Yes. It improves your heart and your cardiovascular yes. system. It helps you lose weight. It makes you stronger, better quality life. And vitamin X is free and vitamin X has no side effects. And the Sign trick, me up. The trick to vitamin X is you already have it. It's called exercise. <laughs> And so absolutely, everyone needs to get their dose of vitamin X on a daily basis. I, I love that. I love that. So from the most off-the-wall question to maybe a little more practical question, what's the number one supplement you recommend, regardless of age, gender, or ethnicity, that you think everyone should add to their daily diet? Yeah, well, if you're just starting and not taking supplements at all, I think everyone should start with a multivitamin. It's a nice general coverage. And really, supplements are exactly that. They supplement what you don't get in your diet. I think just a couple more. If you don't get out in the sun, you need to get vitamin D. Vitamin D is free if you live in the right places, but yeah. you know, in a exactly. cloudy New York. And then if you don't eat fish two or three times a week, you definitely want to supplement with hey, a fish hey, oil. New York's not cloudy. Come on. It's we're cloudy. Not, we're not London. Yeah. We're not London. So as an acclaimed author, what book is on your bedside table? Well, I'll have to tell you, like, I read a lot of science fiction. Really? So, yeah. And, uh, Okay. You know, I love to read a business book or two, especially the little pithy ones that aren't too long. Yeah. You read science fiction, but you wrote the playbook that every IT leader or anyone working with an IT leader should read. But you read nonfiction. Yeah, I read some business books. Yeah, I make sure I read all the yeah. books and the tri members. Yeah. You know, and uh, absolutely read all those books, the famous ones. But yeah, I like to read. All right. Well, next question. Someone who's been a CIO, a CTO, see supply chain officer and is now a COO which chief hat do you find the most rewarding well technology is pervasive in every single thing we do but I, I would say that uh, as a COO I get to get more involved with the customer and that's kind of been the theme so that's this is the job that I like best is getting involved with the customer solving problems for customers and then watching leaders grow under me has been so rewarding Living or dead, one person you could have a one-on-one -on -one meal with. Oh, I don't know. Maybe somebody here like Satya and Adela. You know? <laughs> so, uh, we meant beside you, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, besides me. Well, I think we can make that happen. Well, Andy, as always, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. If you haven't picked up the book, Fostering Innovation, How to Build an Amazing IT Team, anyone who's working with IT leaders, anyone who's aspiring to be an IT leader, it's a must-read not only for the retail industry, but for every industry. And like Andy said, technology is touching all of us. Again, Andy, thank you. It's been a pleasure. I'm Kirat Anand signing out at uh, NRF here for Rethink Retail. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. Follow us on Twitter at rethink underscore retail and show some love by subscribing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.